<laughs> Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to The Bottom Shelf. <laughs> Oh, okay, everything's good to go. You guys should all be here shortly. And so I said to the Dr. Bennett, heck, I broke it. <laughs> John. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You got you got the tacos? What? The ta- no, Brent, what do you mean tacos? We, we sent away for tacos, remember? Yeah, and Branson's Branson gonna ate bring them. them. Branson ate okay. them all? Um, speaking of Branson, where is Branson? That's a good question. Uh, I sent a memo out last week. We were supposed to be watching... A movie today, and we shall be on time and ready to go. Well, yeah, where and then, is he? Yeah, and then some genius decided to start p- promoting the episode by putting Taco Bell advertisements on the Facebook. I mean, I have no qualms with this. Well, Who yeah, except Branson this? got overly excited and started binging on the Taco Bell. Oh, gosh. Oh, look, I got I'm some gonna, Taco Bell too. I'm getting my homeboy. That's my Taco Bell. Homeboy, homeboy has been camping out in the bathroom for the past week. Uh, he he should have learned a long time ago. I got a message. Yeah, I'm well, eating Glick, here. I'm eating here. Glicks, Stop. Glicks, uh, Glicks had to install a seatbelt on that thing for him. <laughs> hey, I got a message from Celeste. Hold on one second. Good evening, bottom shelf crew. This is your admiral speaking. I would like to remind you that I do listen to all of your shenanigans. And I have been informed through the channels that you are reviewing my favorite Godzilla movie. I would like you to remember, as you review this movie, that it is indeed my favorite Godzilla movie. I hope you enjoy. Have fun. Oh, uh, Jesus. Well, this is the big one. And we were down a man and Celeste is on board. You know what? Wait, wait, wait. I know a man. Give, give me a moment. Give me a moment. Let me call him. I'm bringing him up right now. Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous superorbital spacecraft. Their mission? To conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as Terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of Discovery and Wanda. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? Hello, my name is Kevin, one of the most humble guys you will hear on the show, and this is the Bottom Shelf Podcast, an extension of Geek Devotions, and we are dedicated to letting you know that you are loved, so if you don't listen to anything past this point, you are loved, and you are created with plan and purpose. With me are my spacemates, Senior Dallas, Panda, Captain Marshall, Mo- you know what, I screwed your name up, sorry. <laughs> you know what, you know what, Kevin, if you, if you want, you can go in the bathroom and practice that into the mirror a couple more times. Come. Come back out. Try it again. Okay, Kermit. <laughs> What's up, Kevin? How's it going, brother? <laughs> it's going well. I just can't pronounce your full what, um, five what's names. With, what's, with, 
what's with the what's with the Europeans' obsession with Muppets? You because. call me Kermit, and I always, I always, I always hear Gordon Ramsay being like, "You Muppet." That other voice you're hearing, that is John Jacob Jingle Hunter Smith. How are you? <laughs> That's my <laughs> name too. <laughs> yep, he was part of the Jingle Hunter Smith uh, committee that uh, was on the uh, that bonus episode of the Bottom Shelf a while back. Lovely, and apparently you're not hearing Branson's voice because Branson decides he needs an extended leave from Taco Bell because he can't handle the food you or know, handle his yeah. bowel system. I, so, I taught him how to eat Taco Bell years ago, but he'd forgotten the ways. So, shame. It takes a bite out of time, and you just, you know, you uh, the, thing, the thing about it is he he uh, he he's trying to cut calories, so he only got water, but he also wanted authentic Mexican food, so he got authentic Mexican water. That's not Taco Bell. <laughs> I don't know. It has the same effect There's on you. Nothing way, authentic sir. in Taco Bell. <laughs> that's all. That's Cali Mex right there. Yeah, if you if you see a white dude with pink and rainbow color hair and he's and he's telling you good vibes, tattoos on his arms, handing you tacos, that is definitely not real authentic Mexican. <laughs> Anyhow, surpassing that, we also have aboard with us special guest Godzilla Nut Extraordinaire Nathan. Hey, welcome aboard, Nathan. You said this was French roast, and I don't even drink coffee. <laughs> no. No, no, we we you know, we haven't um, watched it yet. We can't I, pretend like we've seen it. I, you realize how many times I've maybe seen he this? likes Trust French roast coffee. <laughs> also, I uh, I believe I believe Branson delivered your Taco Bell to Monster Island and gave it to Zilla. That's why it's not here. No, uh, oh, that would be it. Apparently, he's doing. He <sighs> works for Uber Eats now, and somehow Zilla's learned how to order. I'm not sure. <laughs> not not sure how that works. But it's pretty easy through the yeah, app. Probably, probably. But then again, I've seen lots of weird things on Monster Island. Although I did not come here from Monster Island. I was at All Monsters Attack in Indianapolis. Suddenly I'm getting a call from Jimmy who says, hey, I just heard from that crazy Irishman that we're needed at Planet Geekery. Okay, fine. Come get me. Interrupt my convention. Sure. Whatever. And then he flies the S Moonlight SY3 over here, lands and scares the head aura out of everybody and then flies me here i'm like oh yes i get to be on the bottom shelf and then he told me why i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who are wow, not was... aware nathan here is the uh the host of the monster island film vault which and is a 97 uh, radio other show <laughs> coming from hey, uh, i have that disease <laughs> <laughs> so it's a podcast where you guys can get all the uh all your gut all your giant monster uh mayhem news from so Kevin, what do you have for okay. us? Okay, hang, hang, hang on, hang on a quick second. I can't let an opportunity like this pass me by. You need, I, I need you to settle an argument here for me, Nate, if you could. Uh, it's not first a of all, the, the question. The first, <laughs> it's not a puma. The first question, <laughs> the first question that I have is: Is Cthulhu a kaiju? Short answer: Yes. All right. I disagree. But the second question is. Who would win in a fight between Cthulhu and Godzilla? For those of you who are wondering what's happening, Nathan currently is having a mental breakdown. <laughs> his eyes are rolling to the back of his head as he processes this moment in time. Do John I doesn't know that much. Godzilla will win. Okay, I'm not so, sure. They bet you don't work. Quarter look. This is this has been an ongoing argument between Kevin and I, and I just well, Godzilla's been more ever. movies, more fandoms, and, he, and he's more more loved than some. Um, I mean, I've Other seen Godzilla monster. take out some pretty Anyways. crazy things. I mean, G King Ghidorah may as well be an eldritch horror. And although Godzilla needed help most Cthulhu, of the time to beat him, Cthulhu lives in multiple realities. I mean, 
Have you seen? Well, the, while he's living in mental realities, let's live in this reality. And let's talk about a movie that I actually have right here that below the dumpster. How about we do that? <laughs> do you need a hug, Kevin? No, because right now you're side distracting from the original conversation <laughs> and it will go down some tunnel. I do have a friend who might be able to down. answer that question for you, though, John. His name is Ryan. He goes by the Omni viewer on YouTube. Did a whole panel about this on at hmm. G Fest. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a cool guy. One day I'd like to meet him. So, Kevin, what do you got for I us, would... bud? Well, all right, you primitive screwheads. We're going to review Godzilla since you already know what it is. All right. Yeah. It, it, he says, um... Kevin's those... been watching Army of Darkness recently. When has Kevin never stopped watching Army of Darkness? Uh, two Barada Nikto? At the same time? Exactly. This is my boomstick? <laughs> so, so, on this movie... Let me see right here. Shop smart. Shop S smart. S smart. I got my VHS right here. It says, from the wow. creators of Independence Day, Godzilla, size does matter. <clears throat> it could be taken so many ways. It's big, it's loud, and it's fun by Joel Siegel. Good morning. I could also be taken so many ways. What the crap? Let me see. On the back, on the back of this VHS, it says, Godzilla uh, is back. Bigger and much better than ever. Its size defies comprehension. An expertly designed theme park ride of a movie that packs nonstop thrills. One job. Dropping scene after another. The film never loses another momentum or its human scale. That's not really uh, saying much. This is like saying this is the direct uh, um, Kevin, 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 let me see that. Critique let me see that box. coming from yeah, a movie. Let me see that box. No. Yeah. This is mine. I this is yeah. mine. I, this is my dumpster. You stay over there. I'm just saying let me I'm just saying, read I have the, same the back one. of this VHS. I have the same one and there's no plot Good. synopsis on the back. Okay. I'm just wondering, like, what? Who does not put a plot synopsis on the back? I mean, yes, it's Godzilla, but I mean, in their defense, the first physical media release of Batman 89 didn't do it either. Okay. Well, um, well, this film was released worldwide the 20th, May 1998, runs two hours and 19 minutes, and it's rated PG-13 for a CGI dinosaur, action, violence, some language, dumb sex jokes, and an outdated Barney to clip. So <laughs> tell us how you uh, really feel, Kevin. <laughs> I'm just saying what's rated PG-13 for. It's directed Roland, by Roland Emmerich. For those of you who Dean haven't Lemon. been in Ireland, 13 means 13. It is directed by Roland Emmerich, produced. Yeah, see, we're already here for some, um, you know, some cheap racist jokes, too, while we're at it. It is directed by Roland Emmerich, produced by Dean Devlin, screenplay by Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich. Wow, they got their names clearly across this whole board. Music is done by David Arnold. no one else wanted to be involved with it. How about you read the back of this VHS cast while you're at it? Do you need a hug? The music... Kevin? Oh my god, I'm trying to speak. The music is done by David Arnold. If you don't know who David Arnold is, he has done music for many James Bond movies. And, really? and I think he did one of yep. the Narnia films as well. I think so. That's pretty impressive. The actually. film. Yeah, it, it, he, I think he did for like seven James Bond films. And he did the good ones. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. he also did some bad ones. Here he's poor man's Danny Elfman. It's, but Yeah, er, yeah. It's starring Matthew Blanface, Leon the Professional, <laughs> Razzie, award winning. <laughs> Maria Career Killer Patillo. And <laughs> okay. Do I need to let you guys take a breath or something? Okay, no, going. keep going. Keep Go. Going. Okay. Yeah. Starring Leon the Professional, Razzie, award winning Mary Patillo, Kevin Dunnedal, a cast from The Simpsons, some of the Asian fighters from Big Trouble in Little China, and a lot of fish. <laughs> I love you, Kevin. Kevin, you are my hero. I uh, love yeah. you too. <laughs> okay. I'm glad to be everyone's hero. Oh my gosh, that's so. So here's something I 
found also on the back of this case, it says it's the winner of two Razzies for Best Supporting Actress and, Be and Worst Remake, featuring a load of cheap racist jokes, a David Bowie cover song, millions of gallons of recycled New York City water, bad coffee buns, and retaining more angry fans than Star Wars prequel and sequels combined. That was for my brother. He wanted me to write that down and give that to you guys. I was like, okay, I'll do that just for you, Jericho. So love you, Jericho. Your brother's name is seriously Jericho? That is amazing. <laughs> yep. And my middle name is Joshua. My parents always made a joke of it my entire life growing up, and they still will. Until Did you march die. around him all the time? <laughs> yep. Seven times every day? <laughs> no, not seven times every day. Just one time a day, and then he punched me. <laughs> oh, no. Jericho fought back. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, let's, let's start talking about this film. <laughs> so uh, we got some taglines. Uh, for the film. Ooh, taglines. Let's hear them. Let's hear so, uh, them. Let's, let's do came the from worst. Some of our viewers on uh, on Instagram and on uh, Facebook, which if you're not following those platforms, I want to encourage you guys to do it. Uh, Kevin is our Because if you're viewer. a real Christian, you would follow that. <laughs> Only real Christians wow. follow these pages. <laughs> so wow. Kevin here is a master memer and he makes some great memes. And so, um, but we have some, uh, some taglines that you amazing uh bottom shelfers have provided uh one is here lizard lizard uh said in the taco bell uh chihuahua voice. that was the best part of the movie um, that really was i'm not gonna lie the commercials were my favorite uh godzilla not as bad as you remember oh hmm. godzilla 2000 think outside the bun <laughs> wrong movie i, I think <laughs> I was about to say, I think they got the wrong movie for that one. Right. Because <laughs> I, I, like I don't even watch Kai. I don't even watch Kaiju, and I know Godzilla 2000 is something completely different. True story. Godzilla 2000 has my favorite line in any Godzilla film. There's this general talking about this new weapon, and he goes, "This missile will go through Godzilla like crap through a goose. Like crap, crap through, through a goose. goose. That's only yes, a dub, by the way. <laughs> it's it's and it's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So I might have to make a a shirt with that too. All right. Um. We didn't know how to politicize a giant lizard punching things. <laughs> I, 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 um, I understand that. History shows us again and again <laughs> how Hollywood is folly of men. Godzilla, blue oyster cult, maybe? <laughs> okay. Yay. I, I understood that right. I need to know who. I, I need. I need. I, Dallas? Yes. Who wrote that one? Uh, let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. <laughs> I, I, need, I need to know that person's name. History shows again and again. John, when you were yelling, that's because I, yeah, I, I was shouting. He got, he got a little too excited. I was shouting directly into my diaphragm on my microphone. Your diaphragm his excitement is all over his microphone. No, to all oh, bottom oh. shelf fans, make John happy. Send more music references. <laughs> it was um, Jonathan Gilbert. Jonathan Gilbert, if you're out there listening, I just want to acknowledge the fact that you have won this episode today <laughs> for me that's uh, according to john so no matter what happens i just want everybody to know that no matter what happens beyond this point in the in the show where that reference was made it's all downhill after this <laughs> you may as well just shut just shut the show off right now because it's not going to be any better than someone making a blue oyster cult reference all right well nathan I, thanks I, for joining us we appreciate you being yep. on the show hope people can enjoy. cheers mate <laughs> <laughs> all right we have uh the Saturday morning cartoon was better. It That's was true. This is this is the truth. Uh, oh, so you've guys lot. seen this before? Okay, you know, let's keep going. How many more taglines are there? All right. Uh, just when you thought he would uh, quit Americanizing stuff, or we would quit Americanizing stuff, uh, this isn't your father's Godzilla. In fact, it's not anybody's Godzilla. That is actually untrue. 
<laughs> and then uh, our buddy Mike, uh, who was on our Mortal Kombat episode, says that one movie that spent millions upon millions in marketing alone. Oh, good lord! And, uh, boy, did they ever! This was and one then, of the first times that people learned the hype is not real. <laughs> uh, from the Instagram side, we have we're going to need a lot of fish, and then. Uh, we have one more from an interesting individual named the Dapper, the Diaper Man. I don't know. And it says, <laughs> I think you'll need a bigger dumpster. That's what the subtitles on YouTube say. When it- <laughs> yeah. The, there's an issue with uh, the subtitles reading Kevin. And he said, good evening, I'm the Dapper Man. And they would think he was saying the Diaper Man. Every <laughs> single time. <laughs> so I think you'll need a bigger dumpster. I think he's telegraphing here, guys. Just a little. Just a little. Uh, just, uh, just a uh, uh, I didn't even wrote that. Someone else wrote that. Oh my gosh. Unless Does anybody have any me. trivia real quick briefly about the film? I this well, was I mean, got... uh, this was actually a permutation of a much more interesting project, I can tell you that. There uh, Jean Debont was trying to get a Godzilla film made in the mid nineties with special effects by Stan Hyde. Not Stan Hyde, excuse me. Stan Winston. I get those names mixed up sometimes. Stan Hyde is a guy involved with G-Fest. Sorry. But it fell through, unfortunately. And if you look up the script or the concept art for that version of Godzilla, it was so much more interesting. (laughs) All right. Cool. Any other trivia, John? Well, I pull this out of dumpster. John, I I know how much you love to look up IMDb. How about you tell us the trivia from IMDb, John? I got more if you want. Actually, with that lead in, (laughs) with that lead in, you big jerk. No, no, I will not do it. I'm not doing it. Never again. No more trivia on the show. Nope. Go ahead. It's done. It's it's the only. It's done. Here's a little trivia. No more. All right. I guess I need to fill this gap now. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact: Frank Welker, the famous Frank Welker, provided some of the uh, monster noises in this. For those who don't know, Frank Welker is a prolific voice actor who played such characters as Slimer and Megatron. And just to make it even nuttier... Oh, I thought he was an actual monster. Yeah. And just to make it even nuttier, rumor has it that his rival Peter Cullen, voice of Optimus Prime, did animal noises for King Kong in the 1976 remake. Really? So whenever they're talking That's to each other, rumor. it is arguably Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Okay, sweet. Well, I feel like that's all the trivia for today. Uh, <laughs> because John has ship. failed you. <laughs> no, John. No, hasn't. John Kevin, hasn't failed us. Kevin's hit bad buttons like he does. All right. There's expectations, guys. We're going in to see this again. And I say again because I know every one of us have seen this. I see the look of despair in our eyes. Uh, I've actually never seen the show before. One of those secret? I yeah. saw this twice in a movie theater. Once when it came out and once for Rift Tracks. So what is your expectations for today's episode, for today's viewing? It's not going to change. I have my opinions about this. It's not exactly what you might think it would be, but I don't don't expect it to change at all. I'm not sure what he's saying, guys. <laughs> that I, 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 This is called teasing for the episode, okay? <laughs> Kevin? Uh, um, expectations, expectations. expectations. I've seen this movie more times than I can actually count, so I have my thoughts, and I'll save them to throughout this episode, the end, possibly. Wow. Oh, this wow. Is like he, the gave mo- the ex- 
He gave the exact same answer that Nate did. Except I know, right? This is like, you guys aren't getting us nothing here. This is the most least expectation expectations we've ever had. All right, when have John, I ever given you? you a good expectation of anything? I, I don't even like expectations because if I've never seen I don't know. So he doesn't uh, have great expectations. I have seen it. I do know. I mean, he's European. <laughs> so, uh, so, John, how about you? Your expectations? Um, I've never seen this movie. Before. I'm sorry. Really? <laughs> I'm really surprised by that. Um, you know, it just. It's what happens when all you eat is Doritos and chug down monster drinks. You miss something I... like. <laughs> what? Bro. I'm so confused. Hurry up, John. I... Say it. Say it. Well, I would, but I've got some. Let's calm down a little bit. Let's calm down a little bit. John, what are your expectations? I'm sensing a lot of hostility here. I just. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Uh, but this came out at a, in a period of time. I was getting i think i was a junior in high school and i was that kid who if something was popular i would proceed to not do that thing because everybody else was doing that thing. oh so you're a hipster got it uh no actually at the time i was a cross between what i call a mansonite mm-hmm. you know if you remember the whole Marilyn manson kids i was a cross between that and a gutter punk well i'm glad you were rescued out of the cult mm. okay so you just weren't involved with this at all no, it's it's like, oh, it's a popular thing that's going to ruin one of the best Led Zeppelin songs ever. That um, was Puff I'm Daddy's fault. <laughs> or P. Hey, Diddy you know or what? whatever name book... he's using nowadays. I can't keep track. <laughs> Piff Puffy, Poop Daddy. Uh... It's a magic dragon. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, but no. And, and so it's just like it, it ruined Kashmir and it, uh, you know, I. I at when everybody after everybody got done seeing it no one seemed to really be excited about having seen it after the fact so i just didn't see a reason to include myself in that crowd that makes sense i'll give you that i will tell yeah. you this it didn't do the franchise any favors when it came out it shot it it killed it for a good little bit i know that yeah i, I so uh, i've got stuff to tell you about why let's just say <laughs> I have a book of scholarly essays on the Godzilla franchise. This does it did have the start of the essay on this movie. The first line is simply Godzilla fans hate this movie. <laughs> and then right, it so went my expectations from there going to into today why. are <laughs> my expectations going into today are um, cautious at best. Um, I have like Kevin, I've seen this more than I could probably tell you. Um, I did watch it in theaters as a kid. Uh, as 14 year old Dallas. Um, I have seen it several times. Uh, as you guys heard at the top of the show, this is my wife's favorite Godzilla film. Um, she needs to be educated. I, I'm just saying she needs more Godzilla films in her life. We have watched all the show era, Kevin. Um, and uh, I'm working through the Heisei right now. And so, yeah. <laughs> but for the uninitiated, said, when he says Showa, those are the films from the 50s to the 70s. Hey, say is what this is the name for the series that's the 80s and 90s. Yes. I, 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 uh, that being I have said, to be sensitive to this. Has to do with whichever emperor was reigning at the time because that's how the Japanese <laughs> keep track of years. That's their calendars. It's a true story. It's all about the leadership. But uh, but yeah, so I'm going into this um, knowing full well what I'm getting into. And if I turn off my brain, my analytical brain, and I just have fun with it, I will enjoy today. Um, so that's how, that. Those are my expectations. What we turn off our brains while watching a movie? I don't ever remember doing that before. Because <laughs> you turned it off your brain to remember it. 
Did he? Does he ever turn the turn it on? I'm not sure. Oh, believe me, Kevin has it going on often. His brain is uh, going. Okay, so it's John who never remembers to turn it on. Got it. No, John. He, he has his brain on more than he allows people to let on. He just stands to his side and watches like <laughs> plot device. Here John's got his, John's got his brain's like a diesel. It just goes. You know, it doesn't actually <laughs> stop. You forget that it's there until it revs up. I do too. <laughs> and it bites you, in, <laughs> and it bites you in your rear. It's like, whoa, where that came from? It's like, Haha, remember this? It's like, oh crap! So when John headbutts you, it's a fender bender. Got it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's go and uh, watch a movie about uh, giant lizard. Your lizard, yep, lizard. Let's do it, Glicks. Let's play it. Dear listeners. This is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. You know that bad feeling I get when something really bad is about to happen? Uh, I'm getting that feeling right now, man. Why didn't you have that before we went in? Okay, this this movie failed to answer one question that it that it brought up. Here's that bad feeling, man. What's that one question, John? How do you go from the professional to this movie? <laughs> I think there might have been a few things in between. <laughs> Desperation. <laughs> no breathing. <laughs> did did it, is that guy like the French version of Nicolas Cage? Oh, hey, 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 hey! There will be no ill talk of Sean Renault, the best actor in this movie. <laughs> I don't know. The rain was pretty prevalent actor in the in the movie. Uh, yeah, this is true. I- <laughs> so, so what you're saying is it, it was filmed in Shreveport? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, believe it or not, it rains in more places than Shreveport, uh, quite often. So. And I think this had more potholes, 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 <laughs> it something. It One definitely had more potholes in Shreveport. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, all right, let's get into it. Um, but- that was the sound of Kevin realizing words that sound the same don't necessarily mean the same thing. <laughs> all right. Now, so one letter makes all the difference in the world. We're getting into our conversation, spoiler free conversation uh, about the film, things we liked, things we didn't like about it. I got something I want to say about it. Uh, and that is this watching the film. I kept getting these weird vibes of uh, that reminded me of Stargate and Independence Day. And then I looked up the director and I realized, oh, it's the guy that did Stargate in Independence Day. Say, yeah, it's and the so, same team, basically. And so I was like, this makes so much sense. Yeah. At this Although po- I like those movies better. Yeah. Most people do. At this point, the, both of these guys, because of Independence Day, were they were the hot stuff in Hollywood at this point because Independence Day was this massive hit. So they basically could do whatever they wanted as far as the studio cared. And they inherited this Godzilla project that had been sitting around Toho. The original studio in Japan that created Godzilla was wanting to break into Hollywood and do a Hollywood remake for a while. And then it came to these guys and neither one of them cared about Godzilla, not a lick. And it really shows they don't know what they're doing with this. They don't know how to do a proper Godzilla film. The sad thing is if this had been called anything but Godzilla, it would have faded into the 90s ether. The name is the only reason anyone ever talks about it anymore. To be honest, I don't know if anyone here has seen this. 
what this really is, as far as I care, in all but name, is a remake of Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Has anyone ever seen that? From 1953, uh, 52, yeah. is it 52, yes. 53? Yes, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. It is very it's much, much like more, the Beast from 20,000 yeah. Fathoms. It's much more something like that, which, ironically, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms inspired the, the original Godzilla. Well, it was one of the inspirations for it. So there... So that's your non-spoiler part, right? Yeah, basically. Oh, okay. I just <laughs> want to make sure. It's like, don't oh, go oh. too far, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so I'm just going to say I am like I am not a kaiju fan. Yeah. Like I'm not anti-kaiju. I'm uh, you could say I'm kaiju curious. <laughs> uh so hey, who let hey, Branson I, in? <laughs> no one was singing. Um Branson uh, is still it, having a Taco Bell with Zilla over on Monster Island at this point. <laughs> uh and maybe a chihuahua, I don't know. Oh, that this might explain my pod in the uh, Gundam <laughs> Watch episode. Anyway, um, but no, I ha- I had no frame of reference to. Uh, well, I have little frame of reference to compare this to specifically Godzilla movies because the only other Godzilla movies I w- have watched up to this point is the 2004 Gods. Was it 2004 or 2006? You mean 2014? Whatever. <laughs> With the, with with uh with uh Co- Breaking Bad, yeah. COVID COVID has completely ruined my mental calendar. Yeah, that was twenty fourteen. So okay, I you know whatever. It still feels like it's twenty twenty one. Um. Anyway, is that and then Godzilla King of the Monsters from twenty nineteen or nineteen fifty six? Uh, twenty nineteen. Yeah, so that's all same same universe. Um, so, so th- those are my only other two Godzilla references. Although, no, I, t- I, I tell a lie. Uh, back in the nineties when I was home sick, um, I was watching, uh, one of those old movie stations and they were playing Godzilla versus Mothra from but 1992 or 1964, <laughs> 64. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. The, it was black and white. No, that's not in black and white. Your TV on was black and white. It was not black and white. Your team. Well, I was I was sick and I probably was on cold medicine. So, like I said, I only Everything remember bits and pieces. So, what you're telling me is you only watch Godzilla films while on drugs. Got it? <laughs> I, no. <laughs> he, he was right beside us. He didn't, he didn't look like he was on any drugs. <laughs> he says that because he doesn't consider this to be a Godzilla film. So, <laughs> oh, I I get it. Apparently, he doesn't he doesn't consider the Monarch Chronicles to be a Godzilla film either. <laughs> so yeah that's the thing so you're with all that being said you're not a kaiju uh necessarily a kaiju fan but you're not against it uh, what, were, what was your I'm point not, i'm not against uh well it's just i don't have a i don't really have much of a basis to compare this to other godzilla movies so i had to watch it in in the uh from the prospect of just being what i know about kaiju in general which basically composes of all the movies i've i've recently mentioned right plus cloverfield oh, okay Okay. So, and it just felt bland. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to tell you this right now. There, uh, this is generally speaking hated in the Godzilla fandom. And there's all of these fanboy reasons for it. And I understand the fanboy complaints about this, which we'll get into. But for me, the biggest problem that this movie has is it's a bad spoilers. What? Without spoilers. Yeah. Without spoilers. 
it's a it's a bad '90s blockbuster. That is its greatest sin. Yeah, this is this is like the movie Wild Wild West with Will Smith. You know, a lot of stizzle, little steak. <laughs> I'll say this um, yeah. about there, without avoiding spoilers. There was a uh, there was a uh, a scene in it where um, the professional was uh, drinking coffee, and he uh, um, he holds up. And he's like. This is French. I thought those. Uh, he goes. I thought you said it was French roast. He goes. It is French roast. And he goes. Give me more creamer. And uh, <laughs> to make it tolerable, that's what they felt like. It was like, like Godzilla fans saw this. Like I thought this was Godzilla. And go. It is Godzilla. And they're like, let's just throw more crap in it to fill it out because product placement. Yeah, we, yeah. Ba- we can't make this actually like Godzilla. So let's just put stuff in it yeah, to make yeah. it as tolerable yeah. as possible. Yeah. See, here's the other thing, and I think David Calla, that book I was mentioning, where that started with Godzilla fans hate this movie. He actually, mm-hmm. I think, really articulated why, like the heart of the issue, why Godzilla fans hate this movie. And that is because this came out at a time where the Godzilla franchise did not have a very good reputation. It was mm. just considered to be kidsy schlock with bad dubbing and you know, and all of that, all of that sort of stuff. Be great stuff. Why does anyone care about this? But you know, but the Godzilla fans were like, no, there's more to it than that. Okay, let me explain. But no one was being open-minded enough, for the most part, to hear that out. Suddenly, we right. get wind of a big-budget Hollywood version coming out, and they're like, now I can actually show them, this is why it's cool. And then it comes out, and it reinforces everything, just with a bigger budget. And then, at that point, no one really was taking the franchise seriously. <laughs> so, right. that, so, there, so that's what it is. It reinforced the negative stereotypes and killed any chances of non-kaiju fans finding any interest in this and then inspire toho to make a new series of movies a few uh, a year later that basically take at least one shot at this movie in every single one <laughs> and it was amazing yeah. it was an amazing shot now let me ask you this Ke- or not kevin uh, nathan um because you would know um was there a syndication rights that became available of the show era godzilla films because the last half of the show era of Godzilla was the most campy version, in my opinion. I feel like the Heisei era is not that campy. and But it seems like like when you talk to people about Godzilla and they think back about it, like it's those older ones that were just really terrible. Like was was America just flooded with the with the syndication of those or something? Yeah, they uh, several of them didn't go to theaters. They were premiered on television. Sometimes the dubs that were used were often of questionable quality, mostly because like once you got to the 70s, they weren't even the American studios that were distributing them weren't even dubbing them themselves. And they would actually get professional actors, you know, to make it sound nice, actually have decent scripts. After that, it was just the international dubs that Toho would commission in Hong Kong. And if you've been in the anime scene and the foreign film scene long enough, you know, Hong Kong dubs are a crapshoot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, they, so they were just, so that didn't help their reputations at all and yeah there were other complicating factors like shrinking budgets that did unfortunately make them look worse but there were still i would say a lot of gems especially if you get them in the original japanese with good subtitles in that second half of the showa era okay gotcha all right kevin you got any spoiler free thoughts before we get into this and really start diving into this conversation why bother (laughs) is that a no I feel like you have sure. some thoughts. I feel like everything, I guess, we'll do in the spoiler. How about we just get to the spoiler? Uh, it, it, Kevin, Kevin, right. did your v- did your VHS of this film fall off the shelf 
and kill your chihuahua. I'm sorry. I hate dogs, so no. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if it if it did, it would. If it was a chihuahua that happened to walk in my house. It would kill it. <laughs> John, hit the spoiler button, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. So, um, one of the worst movie dialogues I've ever heard for a film. <laughs> Look at it. It's a per- it's perfect. An island, water on all sides. It's like no other island in the world. Really? No. No island has water around. What kind of island doesn't have water around? I was born on an island in Key West. Yes, I know what an island looks like. Bro, when you were reading that, I was like, the first thing that went through my mind was like, like they're basically describing Ireland. No. And then I just then I every I island. Trying, yeah. No, no, no. Hang on, hang on. Uh. And then the thought went through my head, like, what would a what would an Irish Godzilla movie be like, and would it star that guy from uh, uh, Fatal Deviation? <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll just pay everyone off with beer instead of money. Okay, so hey, you, dude, I I, I kind of want to see that guy from Fatal Deviation in a Godzilla movie. Now. You know what? I forgot to sing you the kai the Irish kaiju movie. There's, um, all, there's an Irish, Irish yeah. kaiju movie. I'm curious. I am curious. I, I I understand, Kevin. I understand. Just Kevin. all come out and attack me, I want you. <laughs> Jesus. All of you, all at once. <laughs> Bro, you gotta warn somebody before you throw a hand grenade in a room that like that. A hand grenade. After Goodness of Irish Kung Fu movie, God knows what's happening with an Irish Godzilla film. It's not an Irish Godzilla film. <laughs> It's 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 called Attack of the Killer Potato. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're you're funny. Okay, well. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, a monster that's this size is kaiju, and, and, and then, they seem and then, to lose it. And then there's the big, they can't uh, find it. And then there's the big crossover that they did with their neighbors in Scotland, where it was Killer to Potatoes versus Nessie. <laughs> I mean. Lord. I'm not talking about the Scots in this podcast, okay? I'm I'm here to keep it. I, I, hey, friends, hey! So I used to, it that way. I used to have a boss who was half Scottish, but it, and he only acted Scottish when he was drunk. I'm just saying. <laughs> so here's my spoiler uh, thoughts about the film. Um, the the Godzilla fire breath was terrible. Um, I don't think that counts. <laughs> that was. I think terrible. that was. I think that was belch a belch that would accidentally light on fire like i i would be inclined to believe that because godzilla doesn't have fire breath he has atomic breath i'm not a i'm not a kaiju weeb and i know that <laughs> like it was just terrible the way they added that in there i'm like what is this joke well you want to know why well, apparently they had to add it in yeah, because say, yeah. when they saw the breath they, it got so it word got they, out that they weren't going to do the fire breath the radio uh, the atomic breath and then they're like fine and then they just threw it and then they threw it in there and in right. a couple of spots to make the fans happy yeah it didn't man make kevin you lost your irish accent right there just now buddy <laughs> <laughs> so like legit i i know i'm not the guy to talk about godzilla but the, the first thing that irked me about this movie happened literally in the first sequence which is where they suggest that Godzilla is just an irate came from an irradiated iguana egg. 
Like I, I saw that it was in the opening credits is when, is when they sequenced this out and it just, it started me out just like, please, no, don't, no, don't do that. <laughs> Kevin, I, why are you laughing at that, buddy? I, and the, my issue with this isn't because like I work in the medical field. I know what radiation does. And it's just like, no, this is not how it works. Bruh. Do you, do you not understand that this comes from old school science fiction and comic book logic where radiation is magic? Radiation. I, I get, I <laughs> get that, Hulk. except it's, it's out of, it's completely out of place in, uh, in, even in 1998, when this was put out, it, it's out of place because nobody believed that at that point, like it made sense in the 1950s stuff, but, but to be fair, in 19, 19- to be fair, John, this is like when this script was really written, people were still riding the high of freaking Captain Planet and it, everything related to nuclear you had power to be high to enjoy Captain devil. Planet <laughs> <laughs> or or six like I was. And so but everything related to nuclear power was evil and did weird crap like that. Also, I want to go on record as saying having the redhead be the guy who played the fire ring was inappropriate. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Kevin, what are some of your more of your uh spoiler filled thoughts? How many Steven Spielberg references did you guys get in this film? Uh we're uh we need bigger guns. Okay. The, you know, I, kept I mean catching her, her, it. I didn't count them, but the the fact of it is is this did feel very Spielbergian. Oh yeah, it wanted to his... be Spielberg, but it is not Spielberg. <laughs> what were you saying, Kevin? <clears throat> he has a secret love affair. That he really desires to have Steven Spielberg on his side because, like, anytime he does a movie, he's got to imitate Steven Spielberg, even his earlier films. Because this one, like the three bolts going into the water, that was a nod to the um the three barrels that went under the water with Jaws, mm. and it bought back out. We need the bigger guns. You're gonna need a bigger boat. The footprint, which is like the Jurassic Park mm-hmm. thing. By the way, that footprint scene at the beginning of Matthew Broderick walks inside, that always bugged the living crap yeah, out of me. And this still whole does. movie. Every this, single time. Uh, this whole movie wants <laughs> to be Go on, John. What would you say, John? It really does. What would you say, John? Oh, no. I was about to say, I have thoughts about that footprint, too. I. Mm, yeah. Does, does it, uh, Perfect ratio, hunts? isn't it? Who hunts? I, 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 don't, I don't hunt. I, but I, I know. How when I'm when I'm camping outside okay. looking at tracks on animals. Okay, then then you'll understand this, Kevo. But I mean, if, if you're ever out in the woods and you're trying to track an animal, or you come across animal tracks and you look down to try to figure out whatever it was, yeah, because I want to know there's, there's a bear there's, nearby or what kind of bobcat it is. There's multiple. There's going to be a multiplicity of depths and uh, consistencies across the footprint. First of all. And second of all, it's never going to be a perfect inlay because the <laughs> thing's in motion. So I looked at this thing and everything was a square cut down for like three feet. Like there's no, there's no ridges going down in there to, to give the idea of impression or movement, but no, it looked, it literally looked like it was just carved out of the ground with a backhoe. Like I they, think- they had rent. They had rented it for, you know, six hours to make the footprint <laughs> and they had to get it back and get shooting. I, I think the same guys who made the crop circles did this one. Uh, that, that's very <laughs> possible uh, to respond to John with that one. 
you could argue it's an homage to the original Godzilla film because they did the same thing there. Two, that's the least of this movie's problems. It problem. looked better in the black and white than this one. Oh, yeah. Yes. But, I mean, it, it's... Kevin's it, correct. It's, a, it's an early... It's an early warning sign in this movie about what the special effects are going to be in this movie. They're, I mean, they're passable if you don't have eyes, but... <laughs> <laughs> the effects in this movie weren't special is the point I make. The, I I, the CGI has aged horribly. Yes. However, oh, not, I do not just the CGI, sir. The, 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 the green, the green screen effects that they it, use. In also this. true. Also true. This was one of the first movies where I remember hearing people talking about how setting things at night with raid is trying to hide bad special effects. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes people do it because it's moody, but whatever. I understand it with this. However, I will make the argument that the practical effects in this still hold up. Practical effects typically do if you got someone running them that knows what they're doing. Well, fun sure. fact, they almost uh, had a guy in a suit for this Godzilla. They did make a suit and they did do some test footage with it, but they ended up not using it. They should uh, they should have done mocap with uh, with uh I just lost his name andy circus and it, andy circus they should have done mocap with andy circus and, for godzilla and this andy circus actually did coach the mocap actors for the monsterverse films from what i hear that's the reason why they're good ish and then you had the velociraptor references the dinosaur reproducing exactly exactly the water vibration scenes, the door opening scenes. Yeah, but at like least they didn't need a pregnancy everything. test, a human pregnancy test to figure that out in Jurassic Park. Yeah, because that's <laughs> science. Science? <laughs> science. I wish you beat me to it, you jerk. <laughs> that's how science works. I mean, I, I get this is science fiction. I get this, but, you know, there's... I, they're leaning I'm a little a, this harder is part into the where, fiction and not the science. <laughs> yeah, this is the part where I side with John on certain aspects, like sometimes... You know, you can go so far with science fiction before you go too far. It's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about that. how apparently it is impossible to pronounce the name Tatopolis? That was a running like, that joke a... that, that that just got old very okay. quickly. That joke worked well for the first two or three times, but it went yeah. on like 10 yeah. more times. Yeah, it's like I know the reason it, why they did it. <laughs> I know the reason why they did it because... Um, with my DVD has a commentary. So when I listen to the commentary, he says how because he the topless is the Patrick creator of, or yeah Patrick topless French guy whatever he says that no, it's people Greek. always pronounce his name. They're from not here in America, okay. <laughs> and they they mispronounce names and they keep like I do because I never pronounce anything correctly. <laughs> but it kept mispronouncing his name, so it was like, hey, we'll make this a running jack joke for the um, film, okay. Cool, but you limit yourself. You don't overuse it because then it starts sounding like a Jerry Lewis film when you overuse a joke. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, a running problem with the film is that they kept trying to. They were overdoing some things with it. Like they were overdoing the use of of Godzilla. I, I, they knew that their graphics weren't good. They knew it, and yet they just kept plugging it in over and over and over again. They wouldn't take Godzilla off the screen. I, do like, you guys think that that's the reason why in the 2014? It was kind of a, a response of hold back on how much you see Godzilla was a response to how much you see him and all of his babies in this one. <laughs> you know, I, I, well, here's 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 the thing about that question, though, because that this movie is the direct has the direct opposite problem. I don't know. I don't know that it was a response in the 20 
whatever 2014 movie i don't know if it was a direct response to this movie with how little they showed him but if anybody wants to know what it would have looked like if they would have showed him as much as they wanted to point him to this movie and and say this is the reason why you don't do that <laughs> okay here's you know, two things it's funny you don't that know. you say that with all of the spielberg references in this but gareth edwards who directed the 2014 film was actually channeling Spielberg and that one by not showing Godzilla because he was inspired by Jaws where you hardly ever see the shark. Yeah, because which is a better Spielberg to emulate. <laughs> yes. You you imitate his techniques into filming. You don't imitate the exact thing that makes a particular film. Right. Okay. So when um um with John on that I would say that Gareth Edwards was really trying to go to the more horror route, but everyone already knew Godzilla, so it kind of like defeats the whole horror aspect. It works, but it should have used more of the Godzilla monster in that 2014 and less of the whatever those Mutos. things were. Yeah, those things. It should have used far less than that. This one is basically just like if it was a 1950s um, sci-fi dinosaur film made in the 90s, that's what you get from this one. Just much more in extravaganza because the 1950s will always show loads of the monsters. Surprisingly, it had the woman in peril. This time it had people in peril, I, but still. I, I get that, but my response to that would probably be that this isn't the 19... They were, people weren't signing up for... for with, with this Godzilla, It what, the people weren't signing up for the 1950s feel, though. Uh, yes. that, that's, one, that's one thing I remember with how it was marketed, the spirit behind it at the time. Um, I, I, and I have a clear memory of it because I think I'm the oldest person on this show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with pride. Hey, I'll, I'll take it I'll, with, with age comes wisdom, sir. You take it, grandpa. <laughs> Allegedly. You were talking about the fact that you have a clear memory of it being. Oh yeah. And, and the, the whole thing was, this is a modernized version of Godzilla. This is what this is. Godzilla no, is, but that was, the, that was, that was how it was being pitched. That was how it was marketed. And and in the initial commercials for this, they didn't show you what Godzilla looked like at all. Yeah, the, in fact, the first teaser trailer for this is actually kind of brilliant. If it's the one, because it, none of this footage, it was made. It was basically a very short film made to promote this movie, where mm -hmm. it's the kids with the really boring tour guide at at a history of uh, at a museum of natural history, and then they see a T Rex skeleton. And then they hear stomping in the in the distance, and then Godzilla's foot comes down and crushes the skeleton and walks away. And yeah. I'm like, that is good. That is good. That is not the movie we got. No, and, and, or but the, there was the other teaser that did come from this movie, uh, which uh, oh, the was when that yeah the fisherman at the end of the dock that that was the biggest teaser that I remember for this movie. That old codger just sitting there fishing. Maybe today I'll get the big one. <laughs> and then it shows the big wake of Godzilla coming in and then the boards coming up and then all Godzilla mm -hmm. across the screen. And, and so they didn't show it to you because it was a whole, we're making this new and it's not they were, Godzilla. They were also hiding the fact that they were redesigning the creature and it didn't look anything like the past Godzilla. No, it's I, because it wasn't Godzilla. It was an irradiated iguana. We've gone over this. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I did read something <laughs> a while back about the about the body, and apparently they had pre-released to several production houses uh, concept of art of Godzilla, but none of it was real because they wanted to see if they could trust uh, companies uh, with their with their stuff. And apparently, Fruit of the Loom had leaked an image of Godzilla early, 
and lost a contract and um like they didn't actually release the actual image of it until the movie came out Mm -hmm. or about the day before or something like that because when it was finally when it was revealed people were like what the crap is this that was one of the numerous fanboy complaints you know completely different design completely powered down because he doesn't have the atomic breath he dodges attacks as opposed to just walking into it like he's invincible you know there are all of these things this is the thing that's nutty about this is that this is technically the only godzilla film where a 100 percent military solution wins the day every other godzilla film even if the military is involved it is not just them they either got help from scientists or another kaiju or something else helped to win the day this is purely military now, they shoot the him type. enough and he dies <laughs> i want to say this about the body type because I, I, I at the moment we're all pretty much attacking the film i want to say this if you remove the name godzilla as a whole don't go in and thinking about it like godzilla these are 20 fathoms, like i said yeah it's an interesting monster creature film yeah the science doesn't work out because it's a giant iguana but like with that body type because i remember people complain about the body type about how we looked it made sense for the type of movie they were wanting to make because right. here he is crawling around new york very quickly through tiny streets and burrowing down it made sense yes. you could not get the uh old school godzilla and modern godzilla in the city the right. way that they had this working out and so i felt like that was a smart move right. for telling the story they wanted to tell to change the body to be this right as as weird as it is to have a giant iguana Mm -hmm. yeah isolated from the name this is a good creature design i will say that though like i said the problem is the dang name i mean you want to know something toho hated this movie so much i said they they took shots at this movie and basically every movie they made after this for like the next 10 years Mm -hmm. (laughs) not only that oh six years excuse me not only that but they basically bought the rights to this creature and changed its name slightly. They changed its name to Zilla, which is yeah. I, I know Pat. That part makes I, me I laugh know Doctor Totopolis, and he's have he's trying to file a lawsuit with Toho for doing that. But because the joke was, one of the guys at Toho said they took the god out of Godzilla, and that's why they hated it. Yep. And then you watch Godzilla hey, Final Wars, and they have Zilla done via CGI because they scanned an action figure into the computer, and then they had. Suit, uh, Suitmation Godzilla, kill it in about fifteen seconds. Hey John, Kevin, you want some candy, John? You want some sweets? I got a bag of sweets right here. (laughs) What was up with that? Why was why was he kept feeding him candy? What was happening in that scene? Roger Ebert's a fat so that's why. Siskel and Ebert parody (laughs) that even Siskel and Ebert said didn't go far enough. (laughs) Because I watched their review of this, Siskel was sick and in the hospital he had to call in and they said we yeah we didn't like your movies uh, uh devlin and emmerich so you put us in this to poke fun at us you know what you should have did you should have had the lizard kill us <laughs> that would have been funny that's <laughs> just why were there so many reese's com- uh references in the stego movie reese's bro that's <laughs> taco not bell the only thing taco bell <laughs> There was so Blockbuster. many. Blockbuster. Oh my goodness. Oh, what was it like? Blockbuster. There, was, there was a cola. A, a, a thing. There was a cola in was this that? that I can't remember. 
I don't, I don't remember, but yeah, Blockbuster was everywhere. See, I remember Blockbuster. I remember Taco Bell. I do not remember Reese's at all during that time frame. Nah, that's just me. That's just me joking with the Reese's. You want some Reese's? Uh, <laughs> I was like, hey, I bet you if Steven Spielberg, I bet you if Spielberg, Steven, if um he took the Reese's, he would have, but he probably couldn't get the funding for Reese's because oh, ET, another Spielberg movie. Come on. <laughs> I think he was originally oh. trying to get M&Ms, but they they wanted too much money or something. So he settled for this candy no one heard of, and then the movie comes out, and it's the most popular candy ever after that. Oh, <laughs> wait. You're talking about candy. I thought he went for, he, he settled down from M&M to Puff Daddy or something. <laughs> well, uh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, there. Yeah, nice job. That's, that's it. Um, so have any of you had military family? No I'm about from military? a military family. I got military okay. friends. I live in a military town. My dad got out of the army before I was born, so I don't know if that counts. Okay. Well, I, I, I come from military family with my father being in the Navy and so forth, and just like all of the, the colonel, the lieutenant, and the switching back and forth, they couldn't get the name right. <laughs> and the Apache helicopter that was like, how many freaking weapons does it have per wing? Because you're going to have like two max, and that was the machine guns. And it was like, oh, we'll do like three. We'll do four. We'll have unlimited missiles. I'm like, what are you doing to these jets? Yeah, How? You no, know what's this doesn't bigger, make sense. You know what's a bigger problem? They're lying. The, what, you know what's a bigger problem? The fact that they can't keep track of a 300-foot lizard in a city. Because apparently he's a magic chameleon. Apparently so. The military logic makes zero sense in this movie. That's one, that was the probably the one thing that irked me in this film. I mean, there's other things I was like, whatever. You know, I just let it slide. I just, you know, it's, it's fun, dumb, whatever crap. But the military logic bugged the living fire of me every single time. You know, the chain of command, Kevin, the way they went that, back and forth. Kevin, is that part of the whole thing that we talked about earlier? Like, it, it, they threw in so much big budget blockbuster stuff. Blow crap up, boom! I mean, like, where, where else are they going to get the big booms from except for through military? Obviously, they didn't have a guy on staff who was like, "Hey, um, that doesn't work in the military." I mean, I, I'm with you the entire time watching. Uh, I have on. my, my how many 80s action movies have guys who just fire without reloading all the time? All right. But like the entire time, Kevin, I'm, I have my, uh, you, you've met Matt before. I have him in the background yes. yelling like that doesn't work. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I can't imagine the number of military guys who watched this. They went, what is wrong with you? Well, <laughs> it's funny that you bring yeah, that this up. This is pretty much like, this is pretty much like comparison to the Hurt Locker <laughs> for me. I'm like, there's like, what? None of that would any anybody would ever do in the military. You would not accept those form of orders, and you would never give those orders, and you would never do any of this. That's what I felt like this movie. Yeah, well, Every that's time whenever something we gotta, happened, you know, and we, uh, we got to get the military stuff in there because this has the you know the typical kinds of characters you see in these movies: reporters, military, politicians. They're all there, and you got to make the military a little bit incompetent at the beginning. You got to have them be. The gung-ho ones are like, let's murder this thing three ways from Sunday and all of that sort of stuff. But the funny thing is, is I read an essay about this movie that argued that the military in American kaiju films, particularly in this movie, is a kaiju unto itself. And I'm like, how can you say that, man? Because they look like idiots in this until the end. And the only reason they win after doing more destruction then Godzilla himself in this Zilla, whichever name you prefer, they even call it out in the movies, like you're doing more damage than the lizard. The only reason they're able to do it is because he gets tangled up in bridge cables and he can't move. I'm like, 
or is your aim that bad? It's a 300 foot lizard. <laughs> so one of the scenes that irked me a little bit was when they took the, uh, when homegirl took the, the top secret tape of, uh, from there. And it's like, first off, how did you get the footage of that interview? Second off, all it is was the footage from the movie itself. And I always yes. remember thinking, yeah. it was like, it was like space balls. You guys remember the scene from space balls? We're like, <laughs> We got to find them quick. Grab Spaceballs the movie. That's what it felt like. It was like, <laughs> we need this top secret tape about Godzilla. Quick, get Godzilla the movie. And they put it in. What is this? Now, now, no, now, now. This is now, and that was now. This is then. This is now. Uh, yeah. That's what happened in that scene. When will then be now? <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened in that scene. That's all I could think about. I'm like, why would you make this production choice? Why would well, the military even give the scientists? The tape. I mean, that's the thing you don't need to give them the tape. Them. That's your wait. No, no. Anybody who works the at, time. anybody who works in military, medical, or anything, you don't just share everything with everything. And you don't leave it out on a table, right, like John? That. Do you share everything with everyone? Does everyone does everyone above you share everything to you? Everything? Do you need to know everything? I'm trying to understand what you're what you're digging on here, Kevin. I forget it. Never mind. <laughs> oh, good lord. John, you've been kind of quiet for a minute, but, man. Do you have any other spoiled uh, thoughts for this film? I I have a couple thoughts. I took actually I I, I made like Kevin this time, and wow. I took I took notes. I Your have time with too. Kevin has really grown. You, I'm so proud of you. Um, I want to so, give John a hug. Issue number one. Oh snap! Watching watching the fishing boats sink at the very beginning. You know, I'm trying to suspend my disbelief for this movie enough already because apparently godzilla is an iguana um <laughs> and then i'm watching these fishing boats as they go under and if you watch them they all go down in synchronicity like the same rate every boat is just as sunk as the one next to it as they go down it was like you could almost see the rails that these boats were on as they were going underwater and i'm thinking to myself I'm thinking to myself, when I went to California, when I was in, in the summer after my third grade, and we went to go to Orlando Studios, I have seen better special effects on the <laughs> tram ride at Universal Studios than what I just saw at this point in the movie. John? Go get the ride designer from, from the tram ride at Universal Studios. They'll probably work for less and give you a better visual. The, the tram John, ride from 1966. That's the one you need to get. <laughs> John, this is weirdly nitpicky because this movie has much bigger problems. <laughs> well, he's oh, no, not no. there. He's not done. No, no. Not, he's got his I, list. <laughs> like, I was literally, I, I know I'm kind of telecasting, tele, telling what my rating is. by. You never telecast stuff. anything. What are you doing? You telecasting? Whatever. What? no anyway 10 minutes into this movie i already hated it like that was literally my third note on here if you see it says 10 minutes in this movie i already hate it <laughs> man you sound like an adopted child already <laughs> <laughs> i hate this family already <laughs> what did That's this movie terrible. do to you <laughs> and i'm a dude and i was offended by the whole every woman loves Every woman loves Matthew Broderick rhetoric that they had in this movie. Oh, what the frick! I mean, that's, my God, that's because Matthew really, Broderick, Matthew Broderick Bueller here is phoning it in. He is so phoning it in. Uh, he's not. He doesn't give the worst performance in this movie, but it's not great either. 
And I'm like, I are you going for like, you know, unemotional nerd or socially awkward nerd or whatever here? Because it's it's just not working, Mr. Broderick. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. let me tell you, I'm friends with Dr. Totopoulos on Monster Island. He is not a fan of Matthew Broderick's portrayal of him. <laughs> um, what else? What else I got here? Uh, the feeling of this movie. I was trying to put my finger on it because it didn't. I'll be the first person to tell you this movie ha- didn't have an original feel to it. No. At, at any point. And I finally came to the conclusion, this movie is what would happen if you take all the worst parts of Jurassic Park and Cloverfield and smash them together. But this was before Cloverfield. It doesn't matter. That, that was, I, this, this is, I can only respond to this in the order that I have seen these movies. I, I, I understand. Cloverfield first. I understand. And yeah, it, it just felt like the worst parts of all that stuff. And like literally right here in the notes, 30 minutes into this, I already dislike all the characters. <laughs> I don't care about any of them. Good. Oh, come Let on. Them die. A- A- Hank Azaria's animal is one of the bright spots in this movie. I'll give you no, that. he wasn't. I didn't like him either. I didn't like his wife. I didn't. I didn't oh, like no, his I wife. But I liked him. I don't like the wife. I don't like the wife either. His wife is. I don't mean. <laughs> I don't like the almost Hollywood looking blonde actress in this. Movie. Oh, no, she's terrible. I, I didn't like Nobody likes her. Broderick in this movie. The best person in this movie was the guy who was in the professional. Yeah. Sean Renault. Even then, and even then he did a bad job in this movie, but he was like, trying, nobody, he was trying so hard to save it. You think so? Yeah, I think he was. I didn't feel like anybody who was in this movie wanted to be there. It, it, this, this, the whole, the whole vibe I got from all the actors in this movie is they had this, internal conflicts going that could be comparable to when you step out of your bathroom naked and it turns out your in-laws decided to visit. Why would you do that? So I, I read a thing that said that the entire cast was given wetsuits while filming because it was just wet all the time. Mm-hmm. I can't oh, help I but wonder the miserableness of it is part of the reason why the entire cast just looked like they were done. And when you hear it, like I also heard like the guy working on it, the director, he didn't, he didn't like the original Godzilla at all. So yeah, I'm wondering he's how gone on record like, saying why, that. Why would you, why would you direct a movie that is kind of a reboot to the series that you don't like then? That's because he, he was offered the, the guy from SpongeBob saying, because money. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I was about to say, you, you, want another, you want another so, Spaceballs connection here? There almost was a Godzilla 2, the search for more money. It got as far as the script. And I've seen interviews with the guy who wrote the script. And the crazy thing is, it actually would have been better. It actually would have been really interesting. But it never got made because this one bombed. <laughs> I, then I'm glad this one bombed because I couldn't deal with another one. Watch the, the cartoon. The cartoon is, is so much cartoon, better. Which I want to go on record saying thank you, Kevin Burnham, for giving me the DVD of the cartoon. Because it's freaking amazing. You're welcome. It That's what my childhood. Are. I'm, it I'm made glad. My, did, my heart glad. Did your um your love appreciate the I, cartoon beside yeah, you? I've watching had I've covered several episodes of the cartoon on the Monster Island Film Vault with our friends from the Cellcast, and we've all enjoyed them. <laughs> uh, so you, the guy who did this was Roland Emmerich. You said right? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Is is this the same guy who did Moonfall? Yes. Yes. That's why Kevin or why John doesn't like it. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's also yeah. done. Uh, he did the sequel to the sequel to Independence Day, which 
that one wasn't great either. It that mean, was terrible. Yeah, say what you want about the original. At least the original had an energy to it. The sequel didn't. And he's not a lot like of disaster movies. Twenty twelve, the day uh, what was it? The the day after tomorrow or something oh, like that. Sir, I'm 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 familiar with these. My wife loves these movies. Kevin. And she watches them by herself because I hate these movies. Hey Kevin, is Independence Day two in the dumpster? Yeah, both Independence Day movies are in the dumpster. Wait, no 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 no. Only one of them should be in the dumpster. Well there's sir, two inside there. Have you not seen the have you not seen the Metacritic for Independence Day season two of the bottom shelf. Dallas gets wild. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. In fact, that, just that, about be every July, we'll do just about like every Roland Emmerich, every Roman, um, Roland Emmerich film. Just about is inside that dumpster. Oh my god! I don't right, think well, Stargate deserves to be there. Well, it's in there. Sorry, it's just in the dumpster. I mean, why, what? Well, someone's supposed to. It's in the dumpster. Why are things that I love in there, Kevin? Because you like terrible things. <laughs> And you make Jesus cry. I like you, John. You're my friend. I like you, John. What does that have to say about you? I My statement stands. <laughs> All right. This is going along far enough. All right. Last bit. Last bit of spoiler free, uh, spoiler thoughts for the film. Uh, okay. John, your last big thing. Uh, go see Cloverfield instead. <laughs> as long as you don't get motion sickness. All right. I did. And I still own it. All right. Uh, I just Kevin, talked about that on the film vault, actually. <laughs> Kevin, your last big spoiler thoughts on the film before mm. we give our final ratings. Well, there was quite some dumb, fun moments for me. I mean, that's just me, though, because I, I can't but smile and laugh at some things. But here are some of the things that I can't. I always like laugh at every single time. Godzilla cannot run a torpedo. He cannot <laughs> run a helicopter. He could tear down massive buildings, leaving behind death and destruction. But he cannot catch up to four people on foot on the alley in New York City. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Honestly, I have seen beep. This is the point where Kevin goes on a tirade that is politically incorrect. If you'd like to hear those words, sign up for our Patreon at geekdevotions.com. <laughs> <laughs> it will release all the political incorrect things of Kevin on the Patreon. <laughs> you want me? You want me to rephrase the last sentence or the my, my last thing? thing? Because that was so funny. That was so funny. <laughs> Kevin, where do you write this stuff at, man? <laughs> this is why I'm not invited. This is why I'm not invited to Southern Baptist or Methodist churches and com- comedy standups. Oh my gosh. All right. You always hear an audience groan about everything I make. It's like, no, make Chick-fil-A no, no, jokes. Make Chick-fil-A jokes like everybody else. Everybody makes Chick-fil-A jokes. Keep those coming. It's like, no. Chick-fil-A is a joke. All right. So I can oh, yeah, Thank you. <laughs> All right. Last thoughts before we give our final rating uh, uh, from uh, Nathan. What is your last spoiled filled thought? Ah, uh, there's uh, there's so many to uh, to pick from. I will admit, li- like with Kevin, there are some moments in this that I I did enjoy. I genuinely chuckled at some of the lines, mostly from Sean Reno uh, and Hank Azaria, who I think are the only people who give anything close to decent performances. The scene where famously where Animal miraculously doesn't get squished because he's right between Godzilla's toes. That that was pretty funny. I have to say. <laughs> Yeah, it was a nice fake out, you know, it, it, that, uh, so that scene worked for me, but 
yeah, it th- this movie thinks it's better than it really is. <laughs> I I just had a thought while you were saying or when uh Dallas was asking you for your spoiler filled last thoughts and I it occurred to me you can't spoil this movie any more than Roland Emmerich already did. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> so here here are my my last things I want to say. One, can we point out the fact that my dude's camera was never on at all in any of the scenes where he was holding a camera? At all. You oh, mean you never I... have your camera on? You know, on when you're at the church, at t- uh, the healing place, you never have your camera on? You turn it off? You, why would you keep it on? While you're filming? <laughs> <laughs> all right, do we want to talk all... about how a professional cameraman runs outside to record the giant lizard and he struggles with it the whole time and then realizes at the last possible second, oh, right. cloak, close. <laughs> okay. Can we also talk about at the end when they steal the taxi to run to drive away from Godzilla after homeboy got his camera smashed? He suddenly has a video camera in the back of the taxi. So he stole that from the um, the studio they were in. That's where that camera Mm. came from. Camera smashed. They're in the studio. He takes the camera, the studio camera with him. Yes. He did. He, t- okay. he, t- he took it. He took that camera with him. I, 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 I had I, to think back to that moment too. I had the same thought as you, John, but I had to think back. I was like, oh no, he took that. Yeah. 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 I, I would too, if I was in the newsroom and the whole place going down, it's like, I'm taking some cameras with me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. And I'll, I'll say this. There were a couple of funny scenes in this that I really enjoyed. There are several small humors. And this part of the problem is the the tone was everywhere. But when he gets to the floor with the, and the and all the the Velociraptor Godzillas looked at Adam and like they're almost like oh hello and they're like dropping the popcorn and he goes wrong floor I laughed at that way too hard <laughs> than I should have I still they were eating the popcorn scene. because apparently popcorn smells like fish they'll eat anything that smells like fish dude anything I, everybody will eat popcorn I don't care what it who it is <laughs> well this it, this is true. This is true. Also, you know, obviously, you never went fishing because popcorn. fish smell will travel miles. Okay, bro. I will say, I will say though that that elevator scene that you're talking about, Dallas, gave me very strong Scrooged feels. Yes, yes, it does. Yeah, I can see I, that. When we were watching it last night, I'm like, this feels like Scrooged. Like I could see Bill Murray making that exact same statement. Yeah. <laughs> I I also I want to bring this up real quick. I mentioned there were some lines that I really liked. I think this has to be brought up because I know how much you guys love guns on this show because I listen to your podcast. I don't love guns. I kind of like this, uh, the exchange between Sean Renault and Matthew Broderick where he asked them, how did you get this stuff into the country? Because they have this, uh, you know, a small arsenal there. And you know, Sean Renault says, this is America. You can buy anything. <laughs> That's true. Oh my goodness. All right, guys. Well, let's bring this home. Um, Nathan, what is your final rating of Top Shelf Middle Shelf? Well, hold on. We got to explain that, don't we? You want me to do that for you? Please do. So you can gather your thoughts? Please do. Uh, All right. Here on the Bottom Shelf podcast, we have a rating system that consists of Top Shelf. This is what you would rate a movie if this movie was, in fact, a good movie. People should probably watch this, and you have no idea why it has a bad reputation or was critiqued poorly. Middle shelf, which is the comments about this movie are valid, but for some reason it does something for me. I find it mildly enjoyable, but I can understand why other people wouldn't. Bottom shelf is this is a bad movie. 
I don't recommend this to anybody. Somebody might find some enjoyment with it, but chances are I'm not friends with them. (laughs) And then you have the dumpster fire, which is this movie should be purged from reality entirely. It has no beneficial merits to it and needs to be singularly excluded from existence. We've never had a film end up in that in that pile at all. Lies. What? No. They stop existing no. after they go there, so we that, have no movies. We have no that memory of anything that goes there. All right, so, Nathan, Godzilla 1998. Understand that your rating this may affect Monster Island Film Vault forever. What is your final rating? Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, my rating might, to some contingents of the Godzilla fandom, might be considered a bit of a hot take. Oh. Yeah. First off, I want to say, cartoon series, top shelf. Fight me. <laughs> if you remove the name Godzilla from it, maybe middle shelf. You think of it as like Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, a bad 90s remake of Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, eh, maybe middle shelf. Is this movie unwatchable and should be burned? Actually, I don't think it should. There are those in the fandom who would say yes, it must be burned because it ruined the franchise and all of that sort of stuff. But without this movie, we wouldn't have gotten a lot of what came after this with the Toho films, maybe even the MonsterVerse. Very possible we may have not gotten the MonsterVerse if not for this. And it, does it have loads of issues with being called a Godzilla film? You know, the fanboy objections that I mentioned? Oh, heck yes, it does. But as I've stated, the biggest sins that it has are that it's a bad 90s blockbuster. But like I said, it's not unwatchable. Bottom shelf. Okay. Bottom shelf from Nathan. Mr. Burnham, the other Godzilla enthusiast, the the other expert of Godzilla in the room, because Nathan, I don't know if you know this, Mr. Burnham is is a massive Godzilla fan himself. I know. I had him on the show. I That's had him on right. The you ball. did. So Nathan, um, not Nathan, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> Wrong white guy. <laughs> what is your father? Who's whiter? <laughs> you can cut that too. Oh, I can guarantee you. I'm right there with John. I got the blood test 100% white. It was not even even that 3% was like somewhere All in. of this is Dude. getting cut out now too. Dude, why? And this is this is this is average normal talk. Why? Uh, dude, I have why talked with ghosts who th- I have talked to ghosts who think that Kevin is pale. I'm just saying. Let's let's get back to topic. Let's get back to topic. Kevin, okay. what is your file rating? Um well, as in the words of Puff Daddy Come with me. I'm going to take you with me. I'm here to stay forever, ever, and ever in day. That's never. Come with me. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Is uh huh. Yeah. Come with me. So that translates to what? Oh, absolutely nothing. Um, we're gonna put this in the middle shelf for me. What? It's gonna be what? What'd you say? What? I put it in the middle. We almost got a spit take from Nathan. What the middle frick? shelf from I have been Kevin. sitting here expecting is... dumpster fire the entire time. <laughs> and I, this I... guy is rating the movie higher than me? What the frick? <laughs> so, Kevin, I you said middle am, shelf? I'm, I'm a sucker for bad movies, but it has to be I was entertained by how bad this was. Oh, okay. I was entertained by laughing my butt off at certain scenes. And even sometimes arguing, yelling at the screen is like, what's wrong with you? And yeah, it's like, but it's so dumb. It's I, I'm just laughing at myself for how I dumb mean, it I, is. So. I, I, with Rift so Tracks, for me, this might be Metal Shelf. But what are you saying, who Kevin? Are those guys? I don't, I don't, I don't know who Rift Tracks is. Anyhow, 
Um, I, yeah, for me, like I said, it has to entertain. It entertained me. It was, it's, I mean, this would be like a lower middle shelf. If there was one, but you know, middle shelf is middle shelf, whatever. That's what we, but it would be the very low end of the middle shelf. But I, I can't throw this in the dumpster because I don't know. It, there's just reasons how I can never. And bottom shelf, I would not be mad or get upset at anybody who puts this in the bottom shelf. It's, you know, it's whatever. I, I guess I always take out the name Godzilla, even though it has Godzilla clear across it and it says it. And they can't, mm-hmm. they don't understand the difference between Gojira and Godzilla. <laughs> I just Gojira, don't. Gojira, you idiot. I'm not an what? idiot. No, I'm not. Only I my parents can call me an idiot. That was, that was you watch movie. it. <laughs> I know. I'm Angry up. Irishman. <laughs> I got it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I just, I always just fade out the name Godzilla, and I just look at it's just at the beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, updated, and this is what we get, and this is what I yeah. got. So yeah, fair. Yeah. fair. Funny thing, there is actually a fan edit of this where they say Zilla instead of Godzilla the whole time. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. All right, John. Mm-hmm. What is your final rating? Oh, dumpster fire! Oh wow! <laughs> Just throw it in there, uh, bro. I, I, it's like I said. I, I telecasted it when I yeah. was talking about my points on this movie. <laughs> Ten minutes in this movie, I was literally, and you can we we have a private chat that we talk about this show on when <laughs> I was kind of live streaming or neither live streaming live, live tweeting. tweeting. Yes, I was I was live tweeting on and the literally. 10 minutes in i hate this movie so much so so much i hate this movie i i hate how phoned in all the actors were i hate the the male sexism that every woman's in love with matthew broderick i hate (laughs) i hate the i hate the the scenes of the helicopter chase that take place between cardboard boxes with windows painted on them i hate the bad green screen effects that are all over this movie i hate the sound design i hate that they don't have godzilla's actual roar in this movie no that is the roar that is the roar. i hate i hate that i hate that godzilla is an irradiated irradiated iguana I hate the fact that they're trying to pitch a 1950s concept of radiation to a post-nuclear science world. Um, John, quick I, question. Would a radiated dinosaur be better? Because that's the Japanese no, Godzilla. I don't care. That's stupid, too. Again, <laughs> I'm just putting this out there. My first Godzilla was the Monarch Godzilla, which was... He's a dinosaur. He's always been here. <laughs> He's always been here since the beginning. To me, that they made they made Godzilla with the way they took the narrative in the Modern Art Chronicles or the MonsterVerse, as you call it. Um, the, what they did by put changing a minor tweak in the mythos, saying they just always were here. Boom! It made the God the Godzilla pantheon elder gods. Welcome to the welcome to the uh, Lovecraftian fiction. I yeah, see which why sucks you're, desperately. I see why you're that way. I see why you're coming that direction now. So, you know, but getting back to this movie though, I, there was nothing I liked about it. The the special effects were terrible. The production design felt sloppy. I feel like they spent more money on promoting this movie than they did, they did. making a good movie. They did. They did. It was all. Did you no, like the animatronics? Did you this, like the this, animatronics when they showed the animatronic parts? 
I, no, I, I, yeah. You didn't like the animatronics on oh, the, I, the I, dinosaurs, uh, John. I'm John. asking. I'm asking John that. John, did you like the animatronics no. on the I didn't monsters? Like anything about this movie? Okay. You didn't like anything? No. Okay. Did you like Velocipaster? No. You sure love that. <laughs> Why'd you did. put in the bottom shelf? Because some blonde, some redhead uh, lady made a <laughs> argument that I felt bad about myself, and okay, now <laughs> okay, John, uh, okay. Somebody well, call actually, Squid. Here, Somebody call I, Squid. Here, I will make my attempt to. To pull that right now, John, the reason why not only was it the time period that, you know, radioactive dinosaur for the original Godzilla, but it's also because it was a social commentary because the original film was meant to be a response to you know, to the war and the nuclear bombings oh, of Hiroshima yeah. and Nagasaki. So Godzilla was intended to be an, basically the bomb made flesh. So it was this very right. cathartic experience for the Japanese people in the mid fifties, less than a decade after the war. That's why right. they did it. I, and, and I'm, I'm aware, and it's I'm aware lost of it. here. That's the problem. They just kept it because like, Oh, that's a story element. Right. But they lose yeah, the commentary. I, it, the thing about it is though, if they were going to reboot it, reboot it, they don't have to do that uh, because you're, you're selling an antiquated fiction to, I mean, it, we could, we could say, Oh, we're going to take a balloon ride up to the, up to the moon because they used to do that back in 1920 cinema. But you try to do that nowadays and people would be like, this is no. So that's where I'm at with it. But yeah, there was nothing about. Like, Wait, you're telling me you can't take a balloon right up in the space since when? Okay, Jules Verne. Uh, two uh, hey, two words. Treasure planet. <laughs> I love treasure planet. I love treasure planet. Yeah. Treasure always, planet sucks. I saw that movie after my wisdom teeth were pulled out. So oh, then you really again, you only enjoy movies when you're high. I understand this. <laughs> 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 All right, so let me give you my file rating. And my file rating is this. Um, Let's go to the weak connection. Let's skip this part. <laughs> <laughs> taking everything in, in action. Yes, the there were some humorous moments here and there. There were some terrible moments here and there. The animation is atrocious. Like the green screen, uh, PlayStation 1 graphics were better than what we saw in this. Um, Keep in mind, the, this is five years after Jurassic Park, and Jurassic Park has <laughs> aged very well. Exactly. This is part of my problem. That taking all this in i'm with kevin it's the middle shelf i'm i i laughed at this film i enjoy the film it's not a good film but it's good enough for me to be entertained especially when i'm talking about it and laughing about it making jokes about it and able to shut off my brain and enjoy it not as godzilla but as ferris bueller in the big lizard kevin you <sighs> disappointed me and john made me happy i was waiting so, for dumpster fire the whole time wait, wait a minute wait a minute does this mean it's in the middle shelf I don't know. Yeah. So. <gasps> how does the way? How does the way? How, what? How does this average out? We got two middle shelves, a bottom shelf, and a dumpster fire. Yeah. I don't know that, how that breaks down. Majority. It's it, think of it less of percentiles and more to voting. Majority rules. Wow. Yeah. Just whoa. Wow. So, ladies and gentlemen, this was something I was not shelf. expecting at all. <laughs> no, I wasn't either. <laughs> So from us here at the bottom shelf, ladies and gentlemen, we rate Godzilla 1998, Ferris Bueller and the Big Lizard, a middle shelf production. Very contested middle shelf. <laughs> All right. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we are now going on to our next portion of the show, which is called What, Mr. Haru? This is a weak connection. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Week Connection portion of the show where we try to find some redemptive value, even if we dumpster fired the film, out of the films that we watch. So, 
Who here at the table has a weak connection? Yes, Mr. Nate. There is a joke said by Mayor Ebert, the worst Siskel and Ebert parody ever, arguably anyway, that it, it, I, it was one, one, another one of the jokes that made me chuckle a little bit, but it's a good reminder of something that is a very important in Christian theology, was when Dr. Totopoulos explains that Zilla can reproduce asexually, he says, what is this, the virgin lizard? <laughs> Which goes back to the Virgin Mary and the virgin birth of Christ. I, I just heard a sermon about this this morning about how important that is, how key that is to the, you know, to the Christian faith, because if you remove that, the work of Christ means nothing. He has to have come from the virgin birth so that he does not have a sinful nature. And without, because of that, he is the perfect sacrifice to redeem all of mankind. Booyah. It's true. True story. I don't recommend crucifying Zilla. That's not going to save anybody. No. Except, no, I, although John might be happy. <laughs> so, yeah, the whole thing about the virgin birth, that really is important. I remember there was, there was some conversation about whether or not the, the, the Hebrew translated as really as virgin. Um, yep. It I was trying to say handmaiden. But when you take a look at it, like the, the scope it out, you look at the, uh, I think it's the Septuagint, which is a, a Greek translation of the original hebrew but it was done by jewish scholars by jews themselves and for them to include the word virgin understanding what the word virgin means in its context then even though you could translate the hebraic word into handmaiden it's there because they understood as virgin it must have meant virgin in the context of it and uh i remember years ago there was a i'm not going to say the name because i don't like blasting popular preachers but there was a popular preacher back in the early 2000s, who put out a video and he says, would it really be a big ordeal if we discover the Virgin Mary wasn't really a virgin when she had Jesus? To which I say, yes. Yes, it would, because that's scriptural. That is that is part of what the scriptures teach. And for us mm -hmm. to dismantle the scriptures in such a manner is dishonoring to God, but also it, it, it creates a slippery slope of going, nothing here is real. Right. The other thing that it does is that it chips away at the idea that this that Jesus was truly the son of god right. if there was any possibility that ver that mary was not a virgin that means jesus even if it's just a small possibility means that jesus could have been purely human and fathered by an actual person exactly. and it also undermines mary's character true story <laughs> absolutely cool means so does anybody I know who you're talking about can I, can I say that pastor's name <laughs> no <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what? And all of this, I came up with a weak connection. Let's oh, go. Mr. It's Burnham. so weak, okay? But it's it's from Romans 8, 37. Okay. I'm reading from the ESV. I won't continue down to 38. I might, I'm not going to try to add anything. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through um him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death or life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth or anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not even John Haru's bottom shelf trash dumpster <laughs> review because Christ triumphs all and so does love and so does this be on the middle shelf. I I'm so shocked at that. <laughs> wow, John Haru's right there clenching his fist. And him. <laughs> no, no, I'm just... I'm just... <laughs> Although yeah. I, I have another one suddenly. 
if you want to hear it. <laughs> sure. Okay. Remember how I said that Toho ripped this movie apart saying they took the God out of Godzilla? Well, we talked about the virgin birth. There are people who treat Jesus like he's just a human being, so they have removed the godhood from him because mm -hmm. you know, and some people do it because they don't understand how the incarnation because it's one of the wildest concepts in Christian theology. How can Jesus be fully God and fully man? So they usually gravitate toward one or the other, sometimes remove one, uh, one of those aspects in order to reconcile it in their minds. And as I said, they take the God out of Jesus, so he's just a, a mere mortal. Zilla is Godzilla yeah. with, uh, with the divinity removed. Boom. In reality, is they, they do do that. Um, there's a whole group of individuals. You said doo-doo. <laughs> instead of saying um, Jesus as Yeshua, they always say Yeshu. Uh, because the Yua would recognize him as something different than than just an average man. And that really is an active thing. Like people really are trying to erase the divinity of Christ. We have there are certain group cults that are out there that do the same thing. Uh and it's it's a terrible thing. So um my weak connection is um it, it it's from I was listening to um the portion where um what was his name? Felipe. Philippe. I was talking and he was saying that his whole mission there really is to um, basically correct the wrongs of his, of his people of the past that he understands that what is happening here with Godzilla is the, um, a direct, uh, a direct result of the sins of his forefathers, basically of what his people his used country. to do. Yeah. His country. And he owned that and he's trying to, to correct that. And, um, you see this in the scriptures, the Ezekiel, he's repenting to the Lord on behalf of his country. And he's repenting saying, now he wasn't the one who did all the wrong stuff. He wasn't the one that did all the sinning, but he owned it himself. He says, Lord, forgive me for the sins of my people. Forgive me for these things. He's taking an active role in this. And out of that, he's bringing correction. He's, he's trying to live a righteous life. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And there's so much blame that goes on in life. Well, we look here in the, in the United States and there's a lot of things that aren't right. And we try to blame other people. We try to point fingers at other folks. Sometimes it, the change, the correct course change takes us going, look, Lord, forgive me for the fault of my people. And then moving forward, trying to do the right thing. That's not, now this is not the same thing as, as taking on, you know, white guilt or taking on, you know, all these other things, but saying, look, my people did wrong. Now I'm going to be active in making a change forward of doing what I need to do to be better. I'm a big believer of the long game as far as making a, an effective change in culture and society. And the only way to make a change in societies today or tomorrow is for us to make the change today. So to quote the great prophet Michael Jackson, I'm going to start with a man in the mirror. And <laughs> I'm telling him to change his ways. And that's really what it takes for all of us. Is if we want to see a change in our country, in, in our city, in our communities. We have to be the change ourselves. And it takes more than just lip service. It takes more than us uh, maybe yelling at people like we've seen some people do over, over the years. But it takes us just being different. If you're tired of being people being hateful, be loving. If you're tired of seeing things being uh, selfish, you be generous. We have to be these changes in order to see the change take place in the long game. And that is my weak connection. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Dallas. The there. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing right. weak about that at all whatsoever. <laughs> of course, we don't serve a weak God. So, there. word.
Uh, yeah, okay. Unlike this week, Godzilla, right? Oof. Yeah. Ooh. All right, Nathan, thank you for being on with us. Um, it was a quick, pleasure. How can people find you, bud? <laughs> uh, I, I, I do a lot of things, so there's a lot of ways to get all of me. I, I, before I get to the podcast stuff, I will also mention I am a, a writer and an author, so you can check out my writings and get a hold of me there as a writer on my author website, which is NathanJSMarchand.com, because, yes, I had to use my, both of my middle initials to get a domain for my website because the other ones were already taken. I'm going to find that other Nathan Marchand and I'm going to feed him to the baby Zillas just to have that domain. Anyway, so uh, check me out there. You can also follow me on Twitter as an author at Nathan Marchand seven and search for the worlds of Nathan Marchand on Facebook for the 97 podcasts that I have. <laughs> Okay. There's obviously the Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu, which takes an academic approach to kaiju and tokusatsu films. So you get to hear about them in their original historical and cultural context to hopefully enhance your viewing of them and bridge the gap between modern, we'll say foreign audiences and these classic foreign films. Although currently we're going through Kaiju, which is about American-made kaiju film. And you can find that on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. If you want to check out my other podcast, one is Henshin Men, which is about the appreciation of Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. It's all about Japan, you know, Japanese Henshin or transforming hero television, occasionally movies, where you've been going through the original Kamen Rider from 1971 primarily. I co-host that with Travis Alexander. And then the other one I do, uh, and that's also, by the way, on the on Twitter. And I promote it a lot on the the Film Vault stuff. By the way, the Film Vault's also on Patreon. I highly recommend joining. You can even <laughs> sponsor stuff to be talked about on the show if you like. And the I would I would also recommend that uh, both this and the next podcast I'm going to mention are part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. So you can go to kaijuramenmedia.com to uh, listen to the show directly and get a little bit more information. By the way, Kaiju Ramen Magazine is amazing. I edit the articles for that, so definitely check that out. The other one is The Power Trip, A Journey Through the Power Rangers franchise. So if you're a fan of Power Rangers in particular, I co-host that with Michael Hamilton, and we have been going through all 30 years of Power Rangers one season at a time. Strap in. Those episodes are long and in-depth. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are quite epic. Uh, we've had some of our friends, Dallas, on the on that one. We had Chris Cook on recently yeah, on One Cross Chris. Radio, talking about one of my favorite seasons of Power Rangers, Power Rangers RPM. I can't recommend that one enough, by <laughs> the way. It is fantastic. If you love Terminator and Mad Max, that is the Power Rangers show. Really I will is. never be on that podcast for Power Rangers because I hate Power Rangers. We weren't going to ask you anyway. <laughs> Thank <Dang>. you. Thank <laughs> you. Nathan, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you the same thing I tell John. Get a link tree and put all this on one link and call it done. <laughs> <laughs> we just did a whole podcast of you advertising your podcast. I, I have too many. <laughs> okay. I have to, to explain the shows, okay? Uh, that's, that's, you know, we, we just try to um, keep it to a certain <laughs> limit. So if you just do at least three. Because we'll be here all day with John Haru with all of his podcasts, and I know he'll like to advertise, but you know, like I think we all want to be a bit fair with everyone. <laughs> yeah, so but he's part of your guys's network. I'm not. <laughs> it's true. 
John, where can we find yeah. you, bro? Okay, I DM on playing games with strangers. I am a voice actor on Supersonic Pod Comics. I read books on We Read Allegedly. I sometimes talk music on Primitive Rhythm Machine. I am a voice actor for Gospel by Gaslight, and I talk games on Casual Gamer Society with Dave Clements. True story. Wow. Nice job there. I also forgot to mention I'm also a voice actor on Power Rangers the Audio Drama. Nice. Yep. I'm cool. one of the bad guys, actually. <laughs> Mr. Burnham, how can we find you? Look at the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> you brought Marchand on. He talked too long, so I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> Shameless self-promotion is one of my spiritual gifts, sir. <laughs> how dare okay. you not uh, get mad at me exercising my gifts? So you go to Elevation Church then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut all this. Uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Mr. Burnham, what have you done recently? What are you doing? Look in the show notes. It's in the show notes. It's there. <laughs> Dang, he's just if people are listening, they, they are going to look at it and they're Dallas, going to like, oh, that's it. Dallas, where can people find you? Find me at geekdevotions.com where you'll find all the devotions put on a regular basis, the Geek Devotions, all of our podcasts, the bottom shelf, we read allegedly, and the Gundam Watch. And finally, one last thing I want to promote before we sign off is while Branson is away out on the toilet um, because of Taco Bell, He's also working on scripts and editing um, a brand new audio drama that John mentioned called Gospel by Gaslight, a brand new audio drama, steampunk inspired audio drama that you guys need to check out, starring Mr. Shownote himself, Kevin Burnham. So since Kevin's not going to promote it, I am. Kevin's like the show, the star of the dadgum show. So, but we're very proud of Branson and his uh, reaching out, doing the Gospel by Gaslight and uh we encourage you guys to check that out it's a really cool audio drama i really enjoyed uh listening to it um but that's all i got well right. that's a great way to end a <laughs> podcast that's just oh, how so. my friend nick hayden ends his podcast every time that's all i got <laughs> bye <laughs>